Oramai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Growing a supportive community for young people, growing plants, looking at our notice board and sharing music. There's plenty of variety on offer this week. And as I looked for a hymn to start the programme, I found something that really challenged me. It's a lovely recording of the popular hymn, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, and it's performed here by the Kiev Symphony Orchestra and Chorus, which was founded and began performing hymns and sacred music in 1993. Such pieces, including Handel's Messiah, were banned under communist rule. As the Iron Curtain lifted and this music became known to Ukrainian musicians, they described it as an explosion of light. And it was those words that challenged me. Do I listen to hymns and sacred music and feel the words and the melodies touch me in that powerful way? We're free to pray, to sing, to belong to groups and fellowships exactly as we wish. As we listen now to the Kiev Symphony Orchestra and Chorus, Let's be uplifted by the music and give thanks for those freedoms. The prayer for Ukraine added to this hymn is from Dr. Justin Thacker, Scripture Advisor for Christian Aid. Lord God, we pray today for the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Our hearts cry out for mercy for those in danger and in fear. We pray for the bombs to stop, for the bullets to cease. We pray for peace to reign. We pray for the politicians to seek the way of peace rather than the path of violence. We pray for peace to reign. We pray for world leaders to know wisdom, to love justice, to open their hearts and their borders to all those fleeing from bloodshed. We pray for peace to reign. And above all, we pray for the people of Ukraine. Protect them, make them strong, give them courage and give them hope. We pray, almighty God, for your peace to reign.
Kyiv Symphony Orchestra and Chorus with a prayer for peace in Ukraine and in the world by Dr Justin Thacker, Scripture Advisor for Christian Aid. Someone else from Christian Aid joins us now, our Isle of Man Christian Aid representative, Louise Whiteleg, who, as always, is working locally but thinking globally. There's so much bad news out there at the moment, not just the war in Ukraine. The world is marked by hurt and brokenness, and even at home we're feeling the global repercussions of the present conflict. We are overlooking many other places. There's drought in the Horn of Africa, humanitarian needs after the coup in Myanmar, Afghanistan's economy is imploding, there's famine in Ethiopia, and of course the conflict in Yemen, where they're suffering so badly with food and fuel shortages. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed, as we're reminded in Corinthians. It can become easy to feel disheartened or overwhelmed by the enormity of the problems we witness. Yet we cling to the promise that we serve a sovereign God, who is not only present with us, but has also given us instructions on how we conduct our lives. So what do we do? Where do we start? We are at risk of compassion fatigue. That's a very real emotion and a physical exhaustion that we face when we're confronted by the suffering of others. It impacts on our ability to empathise or feel compassion for others. We become deaf and indifferent to the suffering, numb, detached and angry or sad at the hopelessness we feel. But what can we do? For me, the first thing is to remember to take a break, to dwell in the now and be thankful for the beautiful place we live, the security of our homes, the comfort offered by our loved ones. As we move towards Easter, Jesus walked a long path with his disciples and many times he took a break. We see him retreating from the crowds to spend time alone with his father. These moments remind us that stepping away to talk to God, especially in times of stress, is essential. We can also turn towards each other and turn towards community. Carrying the suffering of others is a heavy burden and it's not something that we're meant to manage on our own. In Galatians 6, Paul writes about doing good works, but first he instructs believers to carry each other's burden and not to grow weary in good works. By supporting each other within our communities, we find the encouragement to continue to be truth seekers. We find the support to be change makers and the strength to help bring the light of the kingdom to earth. There's an opportunity coming up on Friday the 8th of April to spend time with old friends and new at a Christian Aid event which is being hosted by St Andrew's URC in Douglas. Do come and join us at 6.30 for some delicious Italian food, a global Christian Aid update and topped off by a fun beetle drive. If you'd like to find more information, contact Louise 474 275.
Thank you, Louise Whiteleg, and that event at St Andrew's United Reformed Church on Glen Crutchery Road here in Douglas is this Friday the 8th, starting with food at half past six. To help with catering, you can phone or text Louise to reserve your place. Her number again, 474-275. The evening is free, although donations to help with costs would be most welcome. Scripture Union is an interdenominational evangelical Christian organisation. It was founded over 150 years ago and works with churches and partner organisations, inviting children and young people to explore the difference that Jesus can make to the challenges and adventures of life. Scripture Union England and Wales works here on the island through partner organisation Scripture Union Ministries Trust, whose local team leader is Ruth Walker. Recently, two members of Scripture Union England and Wales came to the island to help Ruth to launch the results of some new research that offers a big challenge and a big opportunity to churches and faith groups here on the island. Lucy Pearson is a mission enabler with Scripture Union England and Wales and Rob Stewart is team leader for Scripture Union in the north of England including the Isle of Man. And they join me now, along with our own Ruth Walker. Firstly, Lucy explains the reason for their visit. As a mission enabler for the North, I work alongside churches and communities. We build relationship with youth workers, with churches, and we help them thinking about what can you do? Where can you really support young people and children in your communities? My job is to lead the team in the north of England. So as part of that, as well as all the exciting administration tasks and budgets um, and <laughs> compliance, my job is just to o- oversee all the different activities um, that are happening. So we have holidays happening in the north of England. We have uh, missions, beach missions. I oversee the staff team, people like Lucy, as they work with churches. We have um, 15 or more local mission partners, SUMT are one of those. And so again, I oversee some of the relationships there. And at the moment, just recently, we've launched our new mission framework at Scripture Union. It's called Revealing Jesus, journeying with children and young people, building relationships, connecting, give them opportunity to explore the Bible, respond to Jesus, and then to grow in faith. And so part of my role is to ensure that that is embedded and that grows across the north of England. A few years ago, as Scripture Union England Wales, we did some research and it came about that 95% of young people and children aren't in church but also aren't connected or linked with church in any way. So we decided as a movement that we wanted our main purpose and objective to be to help and support churches and communities to reach those 95%, to give them the opportunity to hear about the Christian faith, to meet Christians and to ultimately explore and understand what it means to know Jesus. We've recently again done some research looking at Generation Z and an aspect of that was that generationally church and the Christian faith is becoming less and less integrated into family life. Rob, I'd like to bring you into the conversation, if I may. You have four children. What's their attitude? Because they've been brought up in the church, I think they enjoy being part of the church family. They see the benefits of church. And they, like most children and young people who are churched or not, they long for community. They long for relationships. And, and so I think there's very much some areas that overlap. 
As for their friends, it may be a little bit different. They're friends who don't go to church and they've got very different views. But yes, I think that that, that quest for authentic relationships is key for them. And I think um, for my children, but also research would say that although the other children or young people may not come to church, they are open to spiritual conversations. They are open to talk about spirituality and faith. Sometimes the establishment of church and what that may represent or what they may think that is, is the stumbling block. But sometimes talking about faith is something that they, they will do sometimes do. Which really comes to the byline of, of that statement. 95% of young people don't go to church, but... Ruth, you're nodding enthusiastically, so I'm going to bring you into the conversation at this point. Does that resonate with you and your island experience of young people? Yeah, I think most young people are interested, but they maybe just don't have the experience of church. And their expectation of what church is, is maybe very different than the reality. And so when we're in schools or talking with young people, they're interested in concepts of faith and as Rob was saying, belonging and community and have a real desire for relationship. But they don't know that church is a place necessarily that they can be looking for that and that can fulfil some of those needs and wants. They look for community within their peer groups, within shared hobbies and likes, so whether that's a sport or a club at school or music. They're places where they find community and obviously within their families and other groups as well. But yeah, their peers particularly would be a place they would look for community. Interesting that they don't believe that church would be a source of community. Yeah, I feel that there is a bit of a misconception towards what church is. And I think that there may be some stereotypes in place that actually church is boring and irrelevant for some young people. When the reality is some churches are. (laughs) But church is a place where young people belong as well and a big question that we're asking is what is church what is a space for young people to grow in their faith and to be discipled you've come to the island to lead an evening so who was that evening aimed at who were you hoping would be there for us it's it's church leaders it's youth workers it's children's workers it's people in a church who have a passion for children and young people And our heart is to equip the church. Scripture Union, um, SUMT do not want to replace the church. We want to work alongside them, equip them, serve them, resource them, envision and equip them to do the work in their community. So the evening is very much geared towards that. What kind of support were you offering to the people who were there? For some of the time it is resources as we would imagine them. We have a whole host of different resources at Scripture Union to help the church in that. But more than that, I think part of our hope is that us as an organisation will be the resource as well. We want to walk alongside churches. We want to support them. We want to help them and, like I say, envision them and equip them. And so we, we want to be the resource as well, the people resource as such, to help them in their work. Young people are young people, regardless of where they are on the island. And their, their needs and their desires and what drives them is the same, regardless of whether they're in the centre of Douglas or they're in on a farm. And so what the churches are able to provide can be very similar, though it might look different in practice. I think the advice we would give would be to say, how can you as a church go to where those young people are so if they're in the school if they are in the park if they are on the streets the challenge is how do we then as Christians in our own context 
allow space where we're going to where young people are at so creating or using the resources for example that we offer to create safe spaces for those young people to be able to share the gospel in their context that's relevant to them I think it all depends on the strengths and the the gifts within your church Mm. as well a phrase we use quite a lot is what is in your hands and so in, in, in one sense, there is no one size fits all approach. If a church has people who like sport, then go to where the children and young people are and play sport. If it is Lego, maybe a Lego club. I know some churches who they've got some people who like knitting. And so they use knitting or other people just like to chat. So I think it's going to be different for every single context. That's the opportunity in a way that really does open up the pool of volunteers that we can use within a church. Ruth, just coming back to our island context, this must be really good for you to have support on this. I think there are churches that are incredibly willing and have a huge desire to see children and young people belong to their community and come to faith. But I think a lot of churches or their members are starting to feel a bit unsure of what to do next. They've done lots of different things and maybe they haven't worked or they worked for a time. And with all the changes that have happened over the last few years, things that were working are no longer working or their volunteers are no longer able. And so they're trying to restart or relaunch things and yeah SUMT is always here we're always willing to support churches through that process all they need to do is ask but I do think there is a huge amount of desire on this island to see children and young people come to know God. Speaking to a church leader last week and he spoke about how they saw that every single day they had hundreds of secondary school students walking past their church so they thought we're really missing out on an opportunity to get to know these young people. Thank you to Lucy Pearson and Rob Stewart of Scripture Union England and Wales and our own Ruth Walker, team leader of Scripture Union Ministries Trust here on the island. And now it's time to welcome another Ruth as once again Ruth Rice delves into her latest book, The A to Z of Wellbeing. Manx-born Ruth founded Renew Wellbeing following her own breakdown some years ago. They're simple, cafe-style spaces where mental well-being is the top priority. Everyone and anyone is welcome at Renew Spaces, without pressure or judgment, but Ruth's own personal faith puts God at the centre of all she is and does. During these weeks of Lent, as we prepare for the great feast of Easter, Ruth chooses another letter from her alphabet of well-being, offering us some ideas of how we might find our own peace and wholeness. Today, the letter is G for growth. I don't know about you, but during the lockdowns of the pandemic, gardening became something that really helped with my well-being. And I was very surprised. I'm not a person who ever did gardening. But actually learning to see things grow, knowing there are seasons in the garden, knowing sometimes it looks like nothing is happening, but it really is. And also knowing that it's little and often pull a weed every time you see it, water it every day. This is what helps me attend to my soul as well, the garden of my inner life. So in the chapter Gears for Growth, I talk about shared green spaces in the getting active bit of the chapter. I'll just share a bit of that with you now. Um, Renew Green Spaces in Ruddington has just begun as I write these words. The village church has been running a Renew Space in a cafe for several years and in response to the need to stay outdoors during the coronavirus, they decided to set up a Renew on an allotment. It's glorious and it's simple. 
What a lovely thing to see the activities in a renew space all centered around cultivation when this has been such a strong image for us as a movement. The prayer space is next to the shed with a circle of chairs. Signs explain what happens when folk can join in with the cultivation, then choose to pause and pray at the set prayer times if they wish. Partnership with local social prescribing agencies connected to the church is already strong and I'm excited to see Renew Green Spaces pop up all over the place alongside indoor spaces. One of the pictures of growth that impacted my thinking has come from some plants in my sister's garden on the Isle of Man. It's a beautiful walled garden with some well-established fruit trees that gives my brother-in-law plenty of fruit for his jam making and furnishes us with great crumbles when we go to stay. The strangest thing is that even though there are plenty of tall, well-formed fruit trees, the one that's always laden with fruit is the ugliest little stump of a tree you can ever see. I would be tempted to use it for firewood had I not seen it weighed down with so many apples. So many, it's hard to use them all. Every little twisted branch is covered. The weird leaning tree that looks close to death is actually the most fruitful. Fruit can be produced in even the most insignificant looking life. The other lesson from the walled garden came a few years ago when they'd cut down a palm tree in the front garden and decided to take two cuttings for the back garden. My sister put one in an old chimney pot on the patio, it looked lovely, and she placed the other in the long grass at the bottom of the garden, couldn't see it. A year later, I was astounded to see the difference in the two. The one in the pot still looked quite good, the same really, but the one in the deep soil at the bottom of the garden was bigger than me. It continued to grow madly, and today it still flourishes, while the one in the pot has long since died, as the soil was too shallow and it needed more water than it ever received. This lesson about growth needing deep roots, about good soil for the stuff you can't see, has stuck with me. I had been so concerned with my visible life, I had not attended to the unseen life, the roots. I want to grow in my life, even though it's okay not to be okay. I want to be more like Jesus. No amount of forcing myself can do this. I need to be rooted in his love, deeply watered, well with his spirit, fed with his word, not pot bound. I know that however ordinary or even ugly I think my life is, the fruit can be remarkably tasty. And so I ask you, what growing images might be helpful to you and your well-being? Have you tried gardening? How's that been for you? What's helping you grow the roots deeper in your life? And here's a prayer. The tools are out. The gardener is here. From empty tomb he has appeared and clinging to your expert hands while doubts and questions may still stand, I will get active once again. Be thankful that this gentle rain has filled the ground within my heart with plants and weeds. And now, before I start, I need to wait and listen to the one who holds the seeds, to the gentle expert gardener who knows the wildflowers from the weeds. G is for growth. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my ear The sun 
discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever I'd stay in the garden with him Though the night around me is falling But he bids me go Through the voice of woe His voice to me is called Tells me I am his own And the joy we share As we tarry there None other has ever known And the joy we share As we tarry Thank you, Ruth. And Ruth will be back next week with another letter from her alphabet of well-being. And if you'd like to follow Ruth's daily short videos, you'll find them at ruthricebooks.online. And now let's end with our usual look at the notice board. Mozart's Requiem will be performed this afternoon at three o'clock in the Villa Marina by the Isle of Man Choral Society and Isle of Man Symphony Orchestra. This is the first concert under the leadership of the choir's new musical director, Mandy Griffin. The Choral Society's founder was Alan Pickard, and the Mozart Requiem was his favourite work. And the choir is so very pleased that Alan's son, Tom, will be singing with them in this afternoon's concert. Proceeds from the sale of concert programmes will be donated to the Ukrainian Disaster Appeal Fund. Also this afternoon at three o'clock, the service in Abilands Chapel will be led by Reverend Steve Ingruel, who's just returned from a trip to the Holy Land, which will no doubt be a theme in the service. This evening at half past six, the service in Sandygate Chapel will be taken by Mr Gareth Moore. And also tonight at half past six, the Mariners Choir will be in Glen May Methodist Chapel, where the preacher will be Reverend Richard Hooten and the soloist Mrs Christine Brigazzi. Looking now to the rest of the week and Colby Methodist Church invite you to join them for Super Monday. Homemade soup with bread and tea or coffee served from noon until one o'clock in Colby Church Lounge tomorrow, Monday the 4th of April. 
On Tuesday the 5th, there's a community film night in Castletown Methodist Church Lounge. Doors open at 7 o'clock and refreshments are available. And whilst admission is free, donations to church funds would be appreciated. On Friday the 8th, there's a soup lunch served at noon in Port St Mary Methodist Church. And on Saturday the 9th, there's an Easter fair in Colby Methodist Chapel. Call in between 10 and noon on Saturday morning for bacon baps and hot drinks and there'll be all kinds of stalls with proceeds to chapel funds. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, the start of the week that the church calls holy. And there'll be a procession with palms through Selby Village, reenacting the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem at the start of the very first Holy Week. The procession will start at the corner of St Jude's Road next Sunday morning at half past ten. Follow the ponies through Selby Village to the Methodist Church where there'll be hot chocolate on arrival before the service, led by Mrs Caroline Salmon, starts at 11 o'clock. Everyone is welcome, but please no unaccompanied children in the procession. That's next Sunday, April the 10th. And finally, for the first time, the Mariners will be at the Ramsey Bethel next Sunday, April the 10th, with the service starting as usual at half past six, and the preacher will be Pastor Kevin Vondy. And that's all that we have time for now. As I still have COVID, I've made this programme from my studio at home, and my thanks to Howard Kane, who'll be live in the studio tonight from nine to present Sundown. Do please email me if you've got items for the notice board or you'd like to request a favourite hymn. My email address is judithlay at manxradio.com. So, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening and I wish you and those you love a healthy and peaceful week and a very good morning. Show.